0: It's time for the Steve and Kyle podcast with Steve.
1: I mean, obviously, if you have any questions, feel free to jump in. I won't. I mean, I'm terrible. No. F- Not interested. Just looking forward to playing
2: <laughs> ad nauseum. Yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, you got a boo boo. We've talked about this. <laughs> it's you're all you're all patched up. Yeah. They said, hey, don't uh, don't run too much. Yeah.
1: And six months later, you're good. Tiles. you were working from home for a little bit the monkeys had the ebola outbreak you were home for a little bit and you were like i'm gonna have time to set this up now because i'm gonna be working right here anyway so right the last goes down the airwaves yeah you click puddle of mud <laughs> fairly accurate start telling them hey my connection's bad boom you're out Ten oh one.
0: Live on tape from APS 3.0, whatever, it's the Steve and Kyle podcast.
2: The incomparable
1: Mm.
2: Melissa Vaughn, the UK's own Melissa Vaughn. Thank you, Melissa.
1: Now, officially famous uh, two continents.
2: Mm hmm. I mean,
1: because we know she's uber famous in, in
2: Europe. It goes. Queen of England,
1: yeah.
2: Um, William and Kate. Mm-hmm. Who's the other one? Mister Belvedere. Mister Bean. Mister Bean. Melissa Vaughn. So top five, not bad. Yeah, and then
1: she. I mean, is Mister
2: Belvedere British? I don't think he was. Is now that I think about it. Well, if we it don't, it sounds to... like a British name. Uh, Mister Belvedere.
1: Well, if Mister Belvedere is not going to be number three.
2: Look, if Mr. Belvedere is not top five British people of all yeah. time, then
1: I, I don't want to know who is. I mean, we could put it on the poll. <laughs> is Mr. <laughs> Belvedere a top five British person of all time? Christopher Hewitt as a title do. character who takes a job as a butler with an American family, insinuating that he would not be okay. uh, American. Let me look at if Christopher Hewitt, the actor who played him. Ah, we lost him, Steve. Oh yeah, he's been dead for a while. 20 years ago he was yeah. born in Sussex, England.
2: Wait. Oh, I, you you smished your sentences oh, together and made it sound like he was born 20 years ago in Sussex, England. No,
1: we lost him 20 Hold years on, ago. Hold on. I need some Mr. Belvedere audio. He was born in 1921 in Sussex, England. I apologize okay. for mishmashing all right. of those words, but
2: just... um so so do you have James <laughs> Bond number 6? So I type in Mr. Belvedere talking first video. The Mr. Belvedere when the kid got AIDS. Oh. All right. Oh. I got the. Lynn Aloysius Belvedere. Oh, Aloysius. How do you spell? That's one of those ones that doesn't look at all like you would expect it to be yeah. spelled, right?
1: A-L-O-Y-S-I-U-S.
2: That's it? That's it. Wait, A-L-O-Y, so alloy, S-I-U-S.
1: Aloysius? Aloysius? Maybe it's Aloysius. It's maybe it's not. not Aloysius.
2: I'm pretty sure it's Aloysius. Maybe
1: I made it a little bit too fancy. You know, because he's English. Right. And they're all fancy.
2: They are. They are fancy.
1: So Mr. Belvedere had to talk he's... to a kid who got AIDS. Apparently.
2: How do you think so that he's, went? He's t- so it, is it on the poll yet? Is Mr. Belvedere in the top five British people of all time?
1: Yeah, I'll put it I'll up on. Well, it says I don't have access to your wife. You know what? Yes, it's on the poll. It'll be up there uh, in, in seconds. That's nice. Mr. Belvedere. Wow. I didn't expect that. Mm. I, and I have to tell you, really Mr. Hit Belvedere, the ground, we hit the ground running. man. Mr. Belvedere is a total blind spot for me in terms of, I know nothing about the show, nothing about the character. I'd only heard the term Mr. Belvedere. So you never no, watched I, it? Never watched it. I didn't even know he was a, a, a butler or nanny. That was British. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. I was pretty confident that he was British. Um, Yeah, I watched Mr. Belvedere. It was around the same time of, like, Growing Pains, Family Ties, those kind of shows. Hmm. Uh, Who's the Boss? Oh, so it was looked over for superior shows. Oh, I mean, look, I'm not defending it saying it's the greatest show that that ever aired. Sure. And I couldn't tell you uh, one plot point, one storyline from the entire show, other than what I just learned, that there was an AIDS episode, uh, which... Surprising.
1: I had to have it out. Well, not even have it out, but I, I really made someone upset with a tweet I made a few weeks ago, Steve, regarding oh uh, a show you enjoyed, uh, Shits Creek. Yeah. And I just mentioned that it, it didn't make me laugh once. Really? I didn't like it. It just wasn't for me. Okay. But in the, I, I, in the same tweet, I said, it's not saying it's not good. It and just it- missed. I said, it just missed me
2: and i i would assume that you know and are perfectly fine with being in the money the minority on that no question right. because people it, look at it, this that thing show as... it everybody you're the yeah. first person that i've talked to that that said nah no good
1: yeah i know people have uh revered it and put it in the lore of american sitcom well not even american sitcom it was it's canadian canadian, yeah, it's right? canadian show um yeah i said hi my name is kyle and i haven't laughed a single time met Shits creek really and I said, I'm not saying it's a bad show. It just it just missed it. So did you watch the entire series? No. So Katie watched it. And I consumed a lot of it by proxy. Mm-hmm. Being in the room.
2: That's exactly how I saw it. Yeah. Because Annette had watched it already. I think she had seen the whole series.
1: Or at least close to it. And just our, our friend Josh in Maine said I wanted to like it. I'm a Chris, big Chris Elliott fan, but he's not in enough to keep me watching. And... um. Jonathan Baker said the same. I wanted to like it, but it just didn't do it. Hmm. Uh, But, you know, someone named Mike called me a monster. But I really upset Leslie, who decided to, in my mind, make a wrong attack. You like cheers, so dot, dot, dot. And if there's a couple things you don't do
2: on Hmm.
1: my Twitter feed or in my life, it's slander a piece of Americana. Americana, huh? A piece of American television history. One of the most renowned sitcoms of all time. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Mm. You just don't do it. Just don't do it. 240 some episodes. You just don't do it. No, and it's 270. Thank you very much for asking, Steve. I'm glad you brought that up. 270 half hours that are considered among the finest in television history. So, Leslie... I will wait for your apology. I notice you haven't given it yet on social media, so I will wait. Because that is one thing you don't do. I'm no. sorry, Shits Creek just missed me. But right. but uh, n- hold on, uh, let's can we can we rewind
2: a bit? Yeah, let's please. <laughs> um, <Belvedere. laughs> Here is the. I, I managed to pull up the Mister Belvedere opening credits and theme song
1: is your internet being kind of goofy Cause yes you uh, I do not have, your Wi-Fi in your house right now is not well, yeah looks the like it looks like it crapped out for some are we time. recording that's the key well, this is gonna be already Steve for me a relatively unpleasant episode so if we get through the next don't, hour don't worry oh that's this right.
2: episode's gonna be fine I have the slide whistle
1: if we get through the next hour yeah. And, you know, you pop the card into your lap. How do you say, well, we didn't <laughs> get here. anything. Then it is we're moved. not redoing it, right? No. Or, do,
2: or maybe we do a recap, a two-minute recap of the episode. Yeah, next week. Like, Boo-hoo. Chest hurt. Got surgery. Uh, sucked. All better now. Yay.
1: Thanks. There it is. <laughs> People waited months. Six months they waited. I don't even know if people are waiting. Why would they? Why do they care? Right? That's the. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I look. You heard the I, I am
2: here to play the intro, yeah. and to play the outro.
1: The easiest episode Steve has ever had in terms of this participation. This is great. Uh, but, I, I mean, you had thing. to have obviously, like we talked about, you were getting your uh, your top five Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee oh, body boy. designs ready. Let me ready. tell you,
2: I got so much to talk about. If you need filler, uh, we did. Quite a bit of work has been done on the Comanche since last week. Oh, please don't. Nothing that... I'll uh, power through anything. Nothing that you or the the layman would notice.
1: I'll but... power through anything if I don't have to hear that. Look, I got I got
2: many irons in the fire right now. If you I got, care. I got the website pulled up for Rusty's MJ uh, three-inch lift. It's an leaf I know a lot of people aren't too sure about the leaf They say, ah, eh, it depends on your original Well, you springs. can find
1: anything for that at Second Chance Jeeps. That's... uh. I don't know, on one of the social media channels, just Google it or something. Facebook and Instagram. There you go. Facebook at and second Instagram. Second Chance Jeeps. That's where you can find all of your, all of your idiotic <laughs> jeep talk.
2: Speaking of Second Chance Jeeps, yeah. which sounds like a, a shameless plug, sure. but it's not. I went to the store. I went to the hardware store the other day, and I happened to be wearing a Second Chance Jeeps T-shirt. Picked up a couple items, and I went up to the cash, re- cash register to pay for them. and I put the items on the counter, and the woman, the cashier, looks at me. She looks at my shirt. She says, Oh, second chance Jeeps. You rebuild old Jeeps, don't
1: you? And
2: I was like, uh.
1: So that's weird, but it's, it's also inherently what else? Like, unless she thought about, you know, Oh, you're helping Jeeps that are out of drug <laughs> rehab. <laughs> right. Right. So I
2: was already kind of thrown off. I was just like, I mean, cause look, my, my Instagram has like a thousand followers. All right. Sure. So, and this woman didn't, seem to fit the demographic of the average second chance jeeps fan out there which i heavily air quote when i say that and i said yeah i guess i guess i do rebuild jeeps and she's like and you sell them and i was like uh once like three years ago so yeah so now she thinks you're a psycho because you said
1: once and then you made merch i don't know if
2: (laughs) i don't know if if she thinks I'm psycho, uh, uh, but the rest of what you said is accurate.
1: I mean, it's weird because I went to the grocery store later that same day you mentioned. And there's a cashier saying, you guys wouldn't believe it. There was some lunatic. <laughs> Every was, person that came yeah, to the line. Who was helping Jeeps through drug rehab. So uh,
2: I said, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I do that. And then she said, you sold three Jeeps to my brother earlier this month. And I said to her, you should have said, yep. I said to her, nope, that definitely was not me. And she said, yeah, it was definitely you. And I was like, uh, no, I can I can guarantee you that I did not sell three Jeeps to your brother or brother-in-law or whatever it was. Yeah. And she said, are you sure? I was like, I've never been more confident <laughs> that I did not sell your brother three vehicles. So... We can just kind of agree to, you know, agree that I'm right. And she's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was you. What a weird weird discussion. How are you going to take such a hard stance on that? It's like me walking up to you and be like, you drive a Corolla, don't you? No. (laughs) Well. You sure? Pretty sure you do. So uh, I guess we'll just agree
1: to disagree on that. So both, uh, the two polls are on Twitter so far, Steve, uh, Facebook, obviously I'll have to do that, uh, mm-hmm. another time, but yeah. would second chance Jeeps second chance Jeeps be more interesting <laughs> if it were helping Jeeps through alcohol or narcotic addiction? <laughs> yes. You probably do a TV show about it. And then as we talked about is Mr. Belvedere, a top five British person. Um, again, edging out James Bond. Yeah. Shocking edging out James Bond, uh, kind of a hot take mm-hmm. there by Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't hear you disagree. No, uh, you heard me not know who Mr. Belvedere was, right? Which uh, is kind of the same as agreeing. Maybe go back and watch that one. I wonder the if, AIDS one. You well, think? I
2: think the whole series. I mean, you have to you have to appreciate it for all it's worth, not just. You, uh, think
1: it's, uh, you think it's streaming anywhere?
2: Oh, I bet I'm watching the Wonder Years right now. I'm sure that Mr. Belvedere is, although the Wonder Years is. Obviously a far superior
1: show. It's like streaming uh seasons one and two are on Amazon. How many seasons was this piece of crap? Couldn't have been more than four. Really? And so this is uh he's just a uppity British man who becomes a butler. Uh essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. Super interesting. Well, you know what? All I can say is I'll throw it on the list. You know, I'm sure I'll get to it. You know
2: something? Just give yourself a little taste. Maybe when you're you're sitting around later today, you got 23 minutes to kill. Pop in a Mr. Belvedere. If it grabs you, you know, hold on tight because it's going to be a hell of a
1: ride. It looks like somebody illegally uploaded the pilot to one of those video sites, Daily Motion. Okay. Uh, That's all I see for streaming. Uh. So maybe I'll give the pilot of Mr. Belvedere a chance. I appreciate that. On uh, now, now I'm seeing they did a Mr. Belvedere cast reunion on Zoom last year during the quarantine. How do you do the Mr. Belvedere cast reunion without, without Mr. Mr. Belvedere? Belvedere? He's dead. I said nearly 20 there, years.
2: I couldn't name one other character on the show.
1: Let me see. I have the cast list pulled up.
2: Um, I need actual names, not actor names. Nope. Absolutely. Wait, was there a Wesley? There was a Wesley. There
1: was a Wesley. It sounds like Wesley was probably one of the kids.
2: Yeah. Wesley was the kid because Bryce he, he got, yeah. Cause uh, all right. So he's probably what? 45. Wow. Big name here.
1: As uh, I'm assuming one of the oh, kids, Bob Euchre, Bob, no, Bob Euchre was the dad. Oh, the dad. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense than, yeah. than me thinking in 1990, <laughs> that 80 year old. Now Bob Euchre was one of the kids. <laughs> yeah. He was, he played a nine year old kid. <laughs> Well, that's not, maybe that's not yeah. out of the realm. You know, I forgot
2: that Bob Euchre was in that. Yeah.
1: They've got all the shows now. I think one of the more recent examples, what 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, where mm-hmm. all of those high school kids are 28 to 32. Yeah. And, yep. you know, hey, you, you just look young, right? You don't have any, uh, you don't have a beard yet, right? <laughs> okay, you're in. Yeah, so I you're, I don't recognize any of these other names either. No. God. So Christopher Hewitt, uh, rest in peace. Eileen Graff. Played Marsha. Hmm. Rob Stone. Played Kevin. Tracy Wells.
2: Okay, I remember that name. Heather.
1: Bryce Beckham played Wesley.
2: Tracy Wells. She's been in something somewhat recent,
1: I think. Oof. I am, uh... Clicking on the IMDb. Yeah, I'm on the Wikipedia, and they don't even have... She was a guest star on Growing Pains. Hmm. I don't think you've seen her in a. My impression is she doesn't act anymore. Well, no, I know okay. she doesn't act. She's a realtor. Oh, of course, because anyone who gets out of the entertainment you industry go, goes into real estate. Yeah, because then you want to buy your new humble abode. Well, from a TV star. Well, you probably. I mean,
2: stick with me here. I think mm-hmm. that the only reason that most people that get out of entertainment and go into real estate mm-hmm. is because they already have the really good headshots that are oh, perfect for the sign the, so you yeah. think uh, so you tracy slap... owens
1: or whatever her name is is using her her, her headshot mr. Belvedere.
2: from 1985's <laughs> mr belvedere exactly i mean it would be a shame to, to why are you going to spend a couple hundred bucks on new headshots
1: they're going to meet her at you know at the coffee shop to talk about what they're looking for in a home and i don't think she's here yet <laughs> <laughs> just some yeah, just yeah i'm some... looking for a nine-year-old child realtor <laughs> blonde woman from the corner of the coffee shop just waving frantically <laughs> yeah. no no it can't be her it's like one in the in tv shows or sitcoms where they have somebody meet for a blind date and then they just ignore yeah. the person once <laughs> they, just they see which is walk in the one door and turn around and walk out yeah, right that was yeah. a, that was one of the cringeworthy scenes from the office if i remember right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah Michael Scott Michael did
2: that. was meeting with uh i think it was Pam's
1: Mom. Like landlord or oh, something Oh yeah that's yeah. right yeah, it was a landlord and yeah. oh god Well Steve uh, Is it I think, time? I think it's time. Is it? Uh, don't mind me. Oh, what gonna, do you got there? Oh, you gonna...
2: got your. Just oh, gonna... you're putting the uh, the the metal dice in the. Oh boy, you know what that means? Yeah, no, we're playing. <laughs> time it's... for things to be a real bummer from here on out. Oh.
1: Play. Uh... You shake that up at all? Bourbon Monopoly. You, sh- you shake day. it up first. Yeah, so it's like uh, you know, like. Uh, water powder mix right? when you <laughs> yeah. want when you want your tap water to taste yeah. like lemonade
2: well yeah so if you
1: oh. oh boy nice, uh nice heavy
2: hand so does that mean you're you're drinking it neat because those haven't yeah, been refrigerated neat. yeah
1: yeah i should have asked you to chill those yeah. those, those those haven't
2: even been washed
1: no yeah you know you like to get that fresh steel really <laughs> yeah it i really mean really
2: enhances the flavor of the bourbon metal can't get dirty anyway we all know that
1: hmm so, Smells good
2: yeah, uh, give me some give me some bourbon talk. It's uh, it's neat. So it's warm. <laughs> I already I already gave you that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's in a looks like a whiskey glass.
2: <laughs> what do you call it? A glass? It's
1: a cylinder shape. About what do you think? Five inches high? Uh, probably three. You think three inches high? Yeah. yeah, three four inches high. It's uh, I guess probably about the two and a half three inches in diameter. <laughs>
2: I was hoping more about the actual bourbon itself. Got
1: two steel cubes in the center. I just put two in there this time. Uh, doesn't really do anything for the uh, flavor or the coloring or the...
2: Well, this is just riveting knowledge. I don't know where I would have gotten this uh, otherwise. I mean, you you talk a big game like you're a, a, burb, a bourbonite. Any good? Then now remember... Oh, sorry. 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 Now, again, the history of this bottle... Can you pass that over to me? Yeah. I need to see what... This is called Beer Barrel Bourbon mm-hmm. from... Uh, distilled by New Holland. Yeah, right in a, town. Yeah, a local, uh, a local distillery. Um, the origin of this, again, is that this was on the free table. That's
1: right. the Take it if it's here. At table. the radio
2: station because it spent... Over a year, probably a year and a half in a storage unit mm-hmm. that uh, the radio station was recently evicted from. So things had to go someplace. So Good they brought all of, the, all of the liquor that was supposed to be for the big New Year's Eve downtown bash mm-hmm. this past year. Um, it was left over from right. New Year's Eve 19. So they brought it all to the radio station and literally sent out an email and said, free booze in the break room.
1: Seems like the takeaway there is it's a good thing that your paycheck doesn't come from that company. Yeah. Because well, getting evicted from storage units. Is it any good? Not exactly. The so it is. It is a it is a good, good it's different. So this is aged in beer barrels yeah. instead of your, your standard charred oak barrels. Um it is eighty proof, so it's a little on the lighter end for your bourbon. Okay. You're gonna want then once you get towards the ninety and hundred proof, Steve, that's when you start seeing Sorry, I was uh, bored out of my mind. That's when you want a little bit more of that melt. For me, anyway. I'm not, you know, a super seasoned bourbon drinker, so I'm sure a lot of people are looking down on me for using uh, ice balls. Why am I ice circles? Cubes? No, but it's the rounded. Sphere. Sphere, yeah, ice spheres.
2: (laughs) Ice circles.
1: (laughs) Like the things you get in the slushy at Sonic. No, no, ice globes. I'm comfortable with ice globes, ice basketballs. I okay. Well, these will be on Twitter because we can put multiple options there. Ice spheres, ice balls, ice globes. And what? I'm
2: sorry. I'm updating the show notes. Kyle cracks cracks a bottle of bourbon to prepare for the boo boo story.
1: Now, I, I apologies. Need to, I, pub- I mean,
2: no offense.
1: Now, before I get super into it, I do. Need, I need to thank you and Annette. You guys were among uh, a group of people who reached out continually while I was in there to me and to Katie. You came over before I went in for surgery was a incredible, incredible um, help in terms of getting me ready for it mentally, as well as, you know, just just. Bracing myself for what was to come to know that you guys were there. That that was incredibly thoughtful and thank I, you very much. I don't want to brag, but I did give you a pretty good gift bag that has yes, a,
2: a magazine with biographies. I still read it. It's right it's right <laughs> of, in the restroom. Of all uh forty well, at that 45. time it would have been forty five presidents. Yep.
1: yep, that is it. You you came <laughs> got over a
2: little, little sticker shock when I went to the right. um
1: You told me I, I, got, I, got, I
2: got you that. I got you some some candies, little things yeah. like that. I figured I'd get up to the register and it would be about eight, nine bucks. It was 26.
1: And the magazine the magazine, was... I think was $13. <laughs> I said, well, I can't turn back now. And if I remember right, you included, uh, there was some tea, <laughs> which somebody from uh, somebody on our staff snuck in and included that in your huh. solstice gift. Man, it feels kind of rude. Yeah. I thought it looked familiar, but it couldn't. Couldn't place it. I uh, came over with uh, some wall art from Cricket Corner. Of course. It was yeah. just uh, the it quote was, by it was, coach. It was fantastic. So thank you very much. During a very difficult time, that was a nice relief. So happy uh, to help. To very briefly recap what happened. In late October, I was having... Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. Wait, hold on. Oh, sorry. Uh, you, Oh, that's right. We need the slide whistle ready. Okay. Thank so you. things are getting bad. Yeah, yeah this is... And I told this part already, so it's going to be a brief recap. Mm-hmm. Had some jaw pain overnight. Woke up, still had some upper chest, not even upper chest. It almost felt like in my throat and mm-hmm. like just pressure. Not, Indigestion? Like, would and you... I didn't really, it, yeah. it didn't feel like it because it felt too far up. Mm-hmm. And I'd never once been woken up from jaw pain. So that was weird. Yeah. Took some Tylenol. It seemed to go away. But I was at work. And this pressure in my upper chest wouldn't go away. And Katie was, try- my wife, Katie, who's a, who's a nurse and, and very smart and wise, was trying to tell me, hey, you need to, you should call the doctor. And I said, mm-hmm. well, if I call the doctor with chest pain, what's the first thing they're yeah. going to say? You need to go to, call to the me. emergency room or call 911. And she said, at least send him a message. I said, okay, I'll send him a message. I sent him a message. Within 10 minutes, they called me and said, yeah, we'd really like to see you today with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm at this new job for barely four months. Yeah. And... I my You're boss, on a, who, probably
2: on a real hot streak of deny click, click, deny b- 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 deny. My fingers deny. are
1: red hot from telling people no. Did you
2: think maybe it was a reaction to that because like the day before was there somebody that you almost let slide through and then Steve. you figured you'd wait on it, you know, sleep on it till tomorrow and then woke up in such a panic because you almost let one slip through the cracks? Steve, we don't make mistakes. Has one person been able to buy a house since you started? No, on not your, on your my watch.
1: I mean unless you unless you give me a darn good reason and yet I haven't seen one. Okay? You're getting the denial button. So basically if you're looking to buy a house <laughs> think again. Down whistle for you. <laughs> Maybe I can send that in the emails. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I you apologize. Apologize nope. for jumping in there. No, please. I'm gonna
2: have I'm probably gonna have a lot of questions though. I, and they're uh, all gonna be one hundred percent serious.
1: So I went in, uh, they did, I think they did some blood work. He checked the EKG and he he said, hey, the EKG is notoriously kind of, it's not, this one isn't meant to be super accurate. We're just Mm -hmm. trying to see if there's anything really wonky. And he said, I think there's a little abnormality there. It could be stress, could be this, but I want to send you for a stress test to verify. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they do a stress test and then essentially an ultrasound of your heart. So okay. they have you jump, they have you they take pictures with an ultrasound gun, I guess is the term, yeah. the of wand. your heart. Yeah. And then they have you jump on a treadmill right next to the bed, run until they get your heart rate up to a certain amount, mm-hmm. and then jump back into bed, and they take more pictures to see how your heart's are you like reacting.
2: Wearing, are you, like, wearing your slacks for work?
1: Or? I changed. So, okay. I, I mean, I was wearing my work outfit, and I changed uh, in okay. the in the hospital okay. into some shorts and I don't know some why. shoes. I,
2: I just feel like it would be really, really No, it would be uncomfortable. To... <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. hey, like, let me you're unbutton your, You're, in, you're my... in your Dockers, yeah. and you're, you know, your, your fancy penny loafers or yeah. whatever. I don't know I've what you got wear to work. i my...
1: I've got my Crofton Barrel Black dress <laughs> shoes. Can I run on the treadmill in these? I guess you could if you need to. Yeah. Um, so they went. In, I went in for that. They started. To, this is a couple of days after. So this all happens in a a two to three day span. Mm-hmm. And I, they're taking pictures and they kind of gave me an estimate about how long the appointment was going to go because I had initial plans to go back to work because it was early afternoon. So. The picture part's taking a little while, but, you know, I know how things work with the ultrasound. Yeah. You know, maybe she's not. Machines you know, on the fritz. Yeah. And then she gets what appears to be done. She says, okay, put your shirt back on. I'm going to go, you know, shoot the film through the dark room or whatever they do for this mm-hmm. stuff. Comes back in a few minutes later, says, okay, you can, uh, you can just leave the shirt on and put your shoes on. Doctor wants to see you in the office. And I thought, well, she's, you know, not there to tell me that my heart's the best she's ever seen.
2: Yeah. Something's obviously. Yep.
1: So went in the office and it must show on the record that my wife is a nurse at that hospital Mm -hmm. at that company. Do you want to call your wife? I was like, oh, okay. so it's really bad news because, (laughs) yeah, you know,
2: you're not going to call her and have. And he's not he's not going to say, like, yep,
1: all good here.
2: Hey, uh,
1: what time you taking lunch? Yeah. And I told this part before as well, but I was so nervous that. You know, I called her quick, and I said, okay, hey, doctor's in the office, wants to talk to you. She said, okay. Uh, I said, all right. The idea was she was going to mute so mm-hmm. that, you know, you couldn't hear Reed in the background, whatever. Yeah. I'm so nervous. I'm like, all right, I'm going to mute you. Boom. And I mute her. So you muted her. Yeah. So well, you muted you. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> just holding the phone out into the middle of this doctor's office in this room okay. for 15 minutes. Sure. And I hear her. I hear a little rustling around. I hear Reed in the background, whatever. And... At the end of everything, doctor goes. Okay, does you know, Katie? Do you have any questions? I say, hey, how do you have any questions? And I press the button. She goes, No, I've been muted for the last fifteen minutes. I didn't hear anything.
2: Jeez.
1: So, so things are going well. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to have this highly paid heart doctor, right, redo that whole speech. Yeah, I'll just fill her in. Yeah. So it's decided there that those pictures show that I have an aortic valve that is, they're supposed to have three flaps that allows when it pumps blood out, it does not allow blood to come back yeah. in. I was born with only two, which means there was what's called regurgitation, mm-hmm. a lot of blood flowing so back into get... the heart. Okay, So now it means is... my heart was only functioning at a certain percentage of what it normally does, and did, what did, it's
2: supposed to. Did you, so you didn't know about that no. beforehand? So no. at no point in your 30 whatever years, Had there been an issue with correct?
1: And the only reason you'd notice this is if if there's a heart, if one of its genetic, they'll try to check you if they know it's in your history Two, if you've had a heart murmur or if you have a heart murmur, this could be a reason for it. Mm -hmm. I never had a noticeable heart murmur, I guess, during any of my doctor's visits. No reason for it. Okay, so uh, she lays it bare and I appreciate her for it. The doctor saying uh, there's only one way to fix it. We have to replace it. And the only way to replace it is you go in through the front
0: Mm.
1: with open heart surgery. Oh, you don't. uh, This isn't one of those that you can go in with like a uh, catheterization type thing through your groin or through your side and they can just pop it open.
2: Some of them might be kind of.
1: No, you know, have fun with them. I mean, play with the slide whistle. It's it's inherently a toy.
2: Was there any good in this whole meeting? Any good news at all? Was the I mean, was it a sunny day out? Were there no like it was peanut M and M's in the vending machine? I
1: mean, it was two days before it was the week before Halloween, so I was looking forward to that. Right? Hey, all right. And also, you know, she told me, hey, you're you're probably not going to die." Hey, right? Two two things. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, so yeah, so we're keeping track at home. A
1: Couple uh, positives. Couple. couple. So I left there, uh, under the, the direct information that, Hey, we're going in through the front of your chest and we're Mm going to do it soon. So this is full on open heart surgery. So no way around it right now. It's not, you know, you're not going to die right now. She said, it's not, but eventually at any point, this thing, you could enter what's called heart failure Mm -hmm. and you, you you know, your heart is working so hard. It could have an aneurysm. And once that thing goes, you're gone in a second. Right. She said, it it's not like we're going to keep you here today to do it, but you're top of the list. We're going to have to get you in for this to do it.
2: Now, did they give any like specific instructions like do not like a list of don't do? Yeah. Like don't so, go for a run. Don't do high intensity stuff. Yeah, don't. it was
1: it was more high intensity. They didn't tell me no running, but it was the implication because it was don't be lifting, you know, 30, yeah. 50 pounds right now. What about I, I uh, said,
2: scary movies? Because I know that the, you like, you like yeah. things, uh, bats. They say avoid bats. Yeah, definitely. Avoid uh, things masks on, and, yeah. and things that go bump in the night. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, no direct. I mean, talk about a real bummer leading up to the Halloween season.
1: I mean, no direct reference to, to horror <laughs> movies, but I guess you're probably right. The implication. Sure. Was probably, yeah. hey, avoid that. Just go ahead and watch you know, a couple of Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson romantic comedies, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: maybe start the Christmas season a yeah. little bit early. Keep
1: it light, you know? So yeah, it was, it, Hey, just take it really easy until we can get you in for surgery. So I so, okay, no big deal. So within a week, they had me referred to a surgeon. I met with him and the worst part as we've talked about. And I think a lot of people would agree is the waiting meet with him. And in my mind, I'm like, all right,
2: soon as we can get me on the list. Well, the waiting plus that was right around the time that this state, especially was going through a huge surge. Correct. And it was a little
1: before it was, it was right before it was when it started on the uptick for its second time. But yeah, no, no question. That's in the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. So when he, when the surgeon tells me, well, I'm on nights because all these, all of the doctors and surgeons have to do rotations at the hospitals of nights and they rotate those. He happened to be on nights the next two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. So now I know it's two weeks of just waiting, just sitting, knowing what's coming. Now, granted, it's nice to be able to say, Hey, I can kind of get whatever affairs in order, HR related at work, Mm -hmm. uh, anything around the house I need, whatever you guys have a will. No,
2: and I didn't really? do it.
1: I didn't. I didn't think yeah. about it then. I, I kind of discussed it with Katie, but you know, once you come to the realization that she's the one with any money, uh, you know, what am what am I leaving anywhere?
2: Just here, here, here's a couple of post-it notes, a pen. Hey, hun, uh, you want to? <laughs> just right. Div- it's all yours, Kyle. If
1: you just want to divvy up my comic books? <laughs> I mean, that one in the glass is worth like seven hundred bucks. You could, you could buy, like part of a cost. You know what? fold my legs up like James <laughs> Brown and stuff me in like a small size Costco yeah. coffin. And this
2: was all pre golden tea. Yeah. So you didn't even have your, uh, your fancy heirlooms. Yet.
1: Ridiculous. I didn't have anything to pass on to my family. Nothing.
2: <laughs> but now, Oh, the
1: legacy you'll leave. Oh God, he's going to be so happy when I kick the bucket. He's got so much cool stuff. <laughs> Dad's morning. gone. So, it's this two week period, and you know during the time you have to get a COVID test, and there is so many instructions about the day before, the night before, the morning of. You are washing, you are scrubbing with this certain soap like and surgical type. stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, I briefly talked about it going in. It was I didn't sleep at all the night before. We had to be up crazy early the day mm-hmm. of, and I had to wake up even earlier than that because I had to take another one of these showers to where I scrubbed my chest and my back with that,
2: which is kind of weird. You'd think that they'd take care of that. It, it almost seems like they're putting a little bit of the responsibility on you. Quite like, a bit, right? Like, what's in that? Are they going to be like, oh, here you go. Here's the scalpel. Just, uh, I don't hey. know, cut, cut yourself wherever it hurts.
1: Hey, 1 to 10, how woozy are you? <laughs> you think you could tell me where your heart is?
2: <laughs> I mean, I got a general idea, but this is my first time.
1: I haven't been in here for a week, and I was on a bender the other <laughs> night, so things are a little hazy. It just—it
2: seems strange that that is... yeah. Any responsibility whatsoever is on you. So I said you should have called him out on it.
1: A couple of, you know, pretty difficult moments that night before, uh, you know, somebody had to watch Reed. Mm -hmm. My wife's going to be there during the operation and the day before they announce literally the day before I'm on the phone with the hospital Mm -hmm. because they announce they are rescinding the visitor policy. Yeah. To the it was already strict in terms of one person. The entire duration could visit you. Okay. So, obviously, that would be... That would have been Katie. Katie. That was
2: removed. Was I on the list? Was I close to I, the... You would have been on one...
1: Fifth? I'll give you top five. Hey, those are Mr. Belvedere numbers. Yeah, right? <laughs> and if you're in the same conversation <laughs> as Mr. Belvedere... Win.
2: Complete win. Uh, nothing I can I can complain about there.
1: So, the day before I find that out, and then it's, it's kind of a mini anxiety attack for me, because... Um, obviously this is a big deal and I know she's going to be there the day of, but the other days there, it's just me. Mm-hmm. So I had started to try to talk myself into hearing the time frames when I'm talking to the surgeon and when they call you the day before to give you the entire rundown again, here's how it's going to go. Here's the times. Here's what we estimate. You know, I would kind of heard a reference of three to five days, whereas before it was four to seven. Yeah. So now in my mind, I'm like, I'm a younger guy. Yeah. Three days. Would I'm you say home Monday. This was a Friday, a was Friday, Friday, Friday morning. Friday morning. I said, so yeah. I want to be home Monday.
2: Yeah. Monday, maybe Tuesday.
1: And I'm like, th- that's, that's that, my goal. That's doable.
2: That's totally doable. You and, figure that first day you're kind of going to be, you're going to be zonked sure. out. Days two and three, maybe, I don't know, watch a movie or something. Yeah. So send some text to update people. Yeah.
1: And I apologize in advance because all the days end up becoming blurry, but obviously I sure. did not come home that Monday. So surgery day, we get in there. Uh, but that night before I hear I find that out uh, that I can only have that I can have no visitors unless mm-hmm. it's a day of surgery until I leave the ICU. Because when you're having your operation, you can have a visitor. And if you're in the ICU, you can have a visitor as well, because um, it's a pretty serious nature. And they don't mm-hmm. want you just to be alone. So I know for a fact the first day I'm in the ICU until they move me to a room either late that night or the next day type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I find that out. Hugely depressing. Um, obviously hard. On, I, I don't want to reduce anything of what Katie went through either because right. yeah, she's a mother and a wife and somebody who works. So she's getting this news as well that I can't be there with him. Right. And also it's going to be me and just my son now for, you know, however many days. It, a, an insane amount of stress upon her as well. Sure. Um, so while this story is about me, I, I, it's important for me to know and and remember what she went through was in, just as hard trying to make life continue, you know, while trying to worry about me in the hospital. Just keep it about you, though. It's all right. But that night, my, my <laughs> in-laws come over. They're going to take Reed overnight. So saying goodbye to Reed is, is one of the hardest things I've ever had mm-hmm. to do because, you know, we've been away on vacation and stuff. But vacations are vacations. They're a couple right. of days. Yeah. You know, you're going away to a hotel to, you know, see restaurants and shop, whatever. It's. It is what it is. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I'm a pessimist. You know, I, I I always have been that way. I don't think I'll ever be able to shake it. In my mind, there's that percentage chance where I'm like, hey, this is possibly the last time right. I'm going to say goodbye to my son. Sure. Well, you before, know, and he's I mean, too he I, I, th-
2: I think that whether you're optimistic or pessimistic, I mean, a major surgery like that. That's it's not like you're going in because you broke your arm. Right. Uh, you know, you you got your uh, your right. your foot. leg injury yeah. when. Uh, your flappy foot when playing a three se- a three pitch season of softball,
1: and he's two, so he doesn't yeah. know. No, he doesn't realize when I'm saying goodbye to him and I'm crying on his nope. shoulder what it means right. to me. You know, because he's two, and so then I start thinking, well, he's two. You know, if I don't come home, he's never going to know who I even was because mm. he's two. So it, it was just it was a it was a bad night. I didn't yeah. sleep. So we get to the stepped all over it. I apologize. It's all right. It's all right. So Come we get on, to the yeah. hospital. I mean,
2: the, do me a favor. Try to remember what's really important. Here. <laughs> and I've it's perfect a, drop placement.
1: I've got a layout for the slide whistle. And, you know, I told myself that this morning. I woke up. I tried to give myself a little pump up speech.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you should have been telling yourself that back in October when this whole thing was playing
1: out in real time. Get ready for that slide whistle, Kyle. And, you know, you got to lay out for it. You step on it. It ruins the joke sitting in the hospital just smacking myself on the head <laughs> super, super, super.
2: that's what extended your,
1: your hospital stay <laughs> so uh, you know we, we get in the hospital and, and it's I'm obviously super anxious uh, you sit in the bed they get you all ready and they lather you up with yellow stuff all mm-hmm. over your chest and your side and your arms and they're putting IVs and it all happens so fast to me you know mm-hmm. I'm there at five or 5:30 and the surgery is until 7:15 and yet boom 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 there's nurses there's people in and out and next thing I know they're putting like cleansing stuff in your nose hmm. uh like yellow not not formaldehyde I I don't like know what iodine, it was yeah something iodine like that solution and it's, it stinks and it stays in your nose forever it's awful um and then finally you know it's time and I ask him for you know I think Katie asked them in advance, like, hey, can he get something for the anxiety? He's not doing well. And, yeah, I, 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 can t- I know I'm not doing well. So they do. I go in for the surgery. Uh, obviously, I don't I, – I remember going in. Uh, I remember being wheeled in. And the same thing that they always tell you is the, you know, breathe, count, whatever. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're gone. And for me, that's it. Uh, I wake up. My biggest fears going in were – waking up with the intubation in mm-hmm. that i didn't know and i know you're out you're on a, an, an insane amount of medication so my biggest fear is waking up feeling that in my throat okay because
2: that okay so it's going completely it goes
1: all the way down gotcha. that's what so when you're on this surgery you're intubated and you go on i think it's called heart lung bypass a machine's breathing for you yeah so your heart is not It's stopped. It's horrifying. Yeah. And I tried not to consider too much in advance before the surgery. All of that, because that's that's a terrifying prospect. Mm. The idea that a machine is doing your your only real necessary function (laughs) to live. But a machine's doing. Yeah. I mean, also
2: kind of okay though. Sure. I mean, because you're in there for a reason. Like, and I, obviously this is easy to say, right. it's easy for me to say in hindsight, sure. but you're in there for a reason. And it's because your heart's broken. It's mm-hmm. not doing what it's supposed to do. The machine on the other hand, it's a machine, right? As long as it's got power, it's going to keep doing what it needs to do.
1: And there's, there's eight to 10 people in the surgical suite. When you see that it's a little more comforting, right? Yeah. You have a heart surgeon, you have nurses, you have anesthesiology you have all of these people there that are, you know presumably very good at what they do, mm-hmm. but it doesn't reduce the idea that in seconds I'm going to be asleep and they're slicing me open and sawing me open right, right through the center right. of my sternum. Oof. So it ended up being about from what I now am told about nine hours or so. I got about five o'clock. Katie told me I was out and I was wheeled into recovery. And now Katie's an ER nurse. Katie has seen people in all different states of mm-hmm. health and, and, and bad health and, my one of my biggest fears going in to this was I am still stuck with an image of when my father had triple bypass surgery years ago. Okay, almost I think it was more than ten years ago at this point. And we're all waiting in the room or in the lobby, and doctor comes out and says, Okay, he's in the room. You guys can go see him. He's you know, he's out, he's gonna be out for a little while. And I rounded that corner and he's still the intubation in. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a tiny tube going in. Yeah, it's a large like tube a and it's fully Taped it's or, like a full or, face mask. It's basically. ridiculous. Yeah. And I rounded the corner. I saw him, and I did a one eighty and walked away. I Said, "There's no way. I cannot see that. I and that image. It was Steve. I'm not kidding you. It was a second and a half mm-hmm. that I saw that before I turned around. And it still burned into my yeah. brain. Seeing yeah, it's him one like of those that.
2: Lasting, lasting images.
1: Yeah. So I, I part of me, hey, you know. Look,
2: by the way, if you need a joke at any time. Oh yeah. No, it, trust me. Let me know.
1: We will. I. I had told Katie i you know, not trying to be a tough guy, but like, hey, you don't need to go in there, obviously, when I'm still asleep, like it I remember my dad, I, I said, I know you've seen that people, but I said, for me, it scarred me i you don't need to see me like that. she said, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine well, after the yeah, fact, again, I mean she sees it right, probably on a regular basis. well she's told me now in hindsight, you know hey, that was um that was really, really hard. Because yeah, seeing somebody like that is one thing. Seeing you know Bill, a fifty year old so and so who came right. into the yard Somebody is you don't one know. Thing. But seeing you know your husband, that's that was mm-hmm. a little harder for her. So uh, she did see me when I was like that. They she ended up uh, going away for something for a few minutes, and in that time of when she was gone, before she got back, I came out of it. Um, luckily, thank God for me, I don't remember that at mm. all. I don't remember waking up feeling intubation. So which was one of my biggest fears. I had two pretty decent sized fears. That was one of them. Don't remember anything about that, but I remember being awake and I remember Katie being in the room, but I feel like I don't remember any vision. I don't remember. I, I, Hmm. in my mind, I feel like my eyes were closed. Now she said I, they weren't, she said I was awake and my eyes were open and I was talking to her. Sure. Having a conversation, but
2: so many, probably just so many drugs in your system. It's, so, that, it's yeah. black. And
1: yeah. I still remember having some of these conversations and she reminds me still. I told her she was up by the bed at one point. And I said, Hey, don't tell Watson, which is our wiener dog, but you're my best friend. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's uplifting. Slide whistle <laughs> up. And I remember just very little about that room. I remember they wanted to stand me up, uh, which is, it's it's hard at that point. Sure. But how, I how remember many? one of And this them. is, like, right after surgery? Yeah, want to know, stand this was up? a couple hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember one of the nurses, and I complained about him a couple of times. to Katie. He, he might have been in the room. Again, my vision is <laughs> black. I don't know what he looks like. I remember his name. And I'm not going to say it because it's not fair. But
2: did you say, like, hey, that guy, Ed, he's the
1: worst. He's very aggressive about standing up or doing something. Okay. And I turned to Katie, and I said something about, like, boy, really aggressive that guy. And then he came back in and he was one of the people who helped me stand up because obviously it takes a little bit of help to get up right then. And I was like, geez, man, take it easy. Something like that because he was pretty rough, like getting me up. I don't know if I had made him mad by calling him rude when he was in the room the first time, whatever. So uh, after that, I don't remember much. Um, I remember they said they're going to bring me to a room. Katie had to leave. I said, hey, I'll see you in a few days. In my mind, you know, the surgery went well. Yeah, uh, that's what the surgeon told Katie. There was a few. So what they did was they replaced the aortic valve with a artificial pig or cow valve in there. While they were in there, they also did a bypass on one of my uh, arteries in my in my mm-hmm. heart that was had a decent sized blockage because they said while we're in there, we might as well. Mm-hmm. They just have that like at the at the ready. Well, I, I think that's easy for them because they're literally just chop chop and then rehook. Like yeah, a, but I'm saying like
2: because I mean the. Uh... The, the parts. Like, well, no, <laughs> they
1: knew in advance that they were going to do the bypass. Oh, I got you. So before, you know, after the stress test and the ultrasound, I had to go in for a full CT scan mm-hmm. of everything because they needed to see it with the dye where they shoot dye right, into you. Right, right, Because they need to see exactly where it's leaking. Okay. And so that they, they had a full picture of my heart during the weeks that I had to wait. Right. To where they saw, hey, there's a blockage here. It's not a major one. It's not going to put you. You're not in any but, huge risk for a heart attack with but this. while you're in there. We're cutting you open anyway. Yeah. Let's let's fix it while we can. So sure. No big deal. So they were going to take a vein from my leg for that. So they did all went fine. He said that the valve, he told Katie, the valve was a little more screwed up than they hmm. uh, anticipated, which has been a running theme through all three of my surgeries that I can remember in my adult. When my nose, when my brother broke my nose,
2: and the surgeon
1: told my, told Katie. Oh, by the way, we're going to lose Robert in about 11 minutes. Oh, my God. I got to pick up the pace. I'm sorry. Um, the I surgeon. Mean, I just want him to hear the end of the story. Yeah. No, I know. He doesn't know. He's been waiting.
2: Haven't talked to him in months. How are you doing out there? He. How are those kids? Uh, what are they? Bobby? Uh, Bobby and. They,
1: five and eight now. Oh, my God. He, um, the surgeon who fixed my nose, it's like, yeah, yeah, I think it was really broken in there, like a lot of pieces. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we never is, want to hear that after a surgery no.
1: on you. There were a lot of pieces in there, and then the Achilles it said like yeah that was it was in really bad shape down there, <laughs> and now this they said that the the valve was even worse than they initially even thought in terms of what type of shape it was in. so okay. surgeon went fine, they got me into my room, and now these first three to four three days or so I'm in there now again i I went in thinking. You know, hey, I'm a younger guy, I can get out Monday. It's three days. It's on the front end of three to five. Yep. It didn't take long for me to understand that's not gonna happen. Uh I wasn't even able to get off oxygen. Hmm. So they had an IV in pretty continually, but then they also have that thing that sits on your finger to check your oxygen level. Yeah. So I had oxygen in my nose and they would take it out and it just could not stay at a normal level. It was in the it was in the seventies and eighties hmm. and you need that thing at ninety five plus continually to right. be, you know, to live. So they have that, they give you a little machine with a ball in it that you have to blow into a tube yeah. and you need to keep that at a certain level and that for a certain amount of time. Cause yeah, you want to make sure you can't get, and I, I apologize. I know people out there who have had things like this done or what they know what it is, but it's for, I think it's not for, to get pneumonia probably in your lungs. I yeah. think and, I would assume and so to keep that, them working. Yeah. So whatever they have me walking. So I'm walking more feet in a row as the days go on. But it's also hard. And I'm not gonna I'm not sitting here and saying the nurses are bad because they're not They're They're insanely amazing people at what they do. What I'm saying is during this spell with COVID when they can't have visitors, visitors do a massive service to people in the hospital. They when it's family, they're reminding you to eat. They're asking you if you have to go to the restroom. They're asking, hey, can I help them go? Can I help them take a walk? Whatever. they're kind of keeping you on a normal schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're a nurse in a place like this with so many patients to different degrees of, of they need you or they don't need you, you don't get lost in the shuffle, but they can't be your mother. Yeah. They can't be your wife reminding you to order lunch, dinner. Uh, hey, it's time for a walk. A lot of that is on you, mm-hmm. but it was just a different time to be in the hospital in the, you didn't see the nurse a ton. So I started to try to keep track of, I need, I know I need medication at this time and this time, right? Whatever. So I know I'm having issues with my oxygen. I don't know what it means. I don't know. You know, they seem to be pretty comfortable with the idea that it's going to, it'll shore up. You just need some, you know, start exercising and, you know, eventually it, it kind of fixes itself. I'm on a ton of medication. Uh, I'm not going to the restroom, which you know, that's because I'm not eating. Mm-hmm. So that's a big concern. They have to catheterize me, which just to get me to be able to go to the bathroom. Which is, if you've never had a catheter awake, it's not recommended. It's not pleasant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I remember I had that. I my whole stay I had that four times Ugh. while I'm awake. And I remember the fourth time, they te- you know they're they're doing a kidney ultrasound on me, mm-hmm. and I forget what it's called. Or I'm sorry, not kidney, bladder. To where they're checking how much urine is in my bladder because they know, hey, if he's not, you know, if he's not urinating, he can't, it, we need to get it out. Right. So I'm sitting here and now, but it happens enough times that I now know what I'm looking for on the screen when they're doing it to be under a certain number. Because now I'm stressed. I'm like, I know I need to pee. I just can't. Yeah. And anytime it's above the certain number, like we've got to, we've got to catheterize you. So the fourth time I just remember breaking down, crying I as I can't keep doing this. This feels awful constantly. Um, not that it's intended to be a good feeling, mm-hmm. but it's right. awful and they do it. They do it. And then finally, you know, four or five days, I'm able to start going to the restroom and it's like the biggest weight off my shoulder ever that I don't have to be catheterized again. So the oxygen still an issue. But at this point, they're they're among the thinking that, hey, there's nothing really more we need to or can do for him. He's walking. Um, he's going to the restroom. It's just the oxygen level. But his wound is healed fine. So they're starting to think about discharging me. No. Oh. Uh, so whoa, whoa, whoa. before that, the last one of the last big hurdles I had to have or I had to leap was getting, so when they mess with the heart and around that area, they worry about fluid buildup and any type of inflammation. Yeah. So when they do these operations, they have, they put in drain tubes and they put them in, in between like in your ribs yeah. and around your lungs and around your heart. And they just, they're just laying out of you and they're draining. And they had kind of prepared me, you know, beforehand that that's one of the more uncomfortable things you're going to encounter in terms of your pain that's going to be one of the ones that you're not going to like. Yeah. And so I'm worried about that. I know the tubes are there in terms of pain though. Everything kind of hurts at that point. I can't sleep. My chest hurts. My back is killing me. But when they say, Hey, we're taking these drain tubes out. I'm like, all right, another step, another step. And I'm granted, I'm a little bit worried about um, the discomfort, but at this point I'm, Climbing those steps so exactly. I can go home. Exactly. You're on your way. I'm already a little bit late. It's like Tuesday at this point, or Wednesday is when they're thinking about sending me home. But the drain tubes are coming out Monday or Tuesday. And again, I apologize for the disjointed story. It's all a blur to me. Yeah. So they tell you, they, all right, take like a deep breath in. Shoop, and it's a big rubber tube. Mm-hmm. Comes right out from inside under your rib cage. Oof. Two of them. I didn't feel them. Huh. I, got, I, I don't know if I was lucky or what. I know my pain yeah. tolerance isn't like... Super high, but and I didn't you, feel just
2: them. enough drugs in your system. Maybe. Awesome.
1: Awesome. I'm, I'm like, all right, that's it. That's you're ready step. to hop
2: up out of the bed. Yeah. Like, all
1: right. There's still some fluid buildup though. So at some point before I'm leaving, they're talking, it's called a plural effusion. And Steve, I'm going to describe to you how they have to fix that. Hmm. Okay. So there's Is a little something fluid, I and they, to... they can tell when you cough, when they, so they're doing, they're checking your lungs like four times a day every time a nurse comes in checking your lungs and they yep still sounds like there's a little fluid in there so you kind of lean against a table like you're standing up kind of Mm -hmm. bent over a table and from behind they insert Hmm? a massively long needle Mm. into your lung oh cool and uh... go you know (sighs) You mean,
2: no, not that. Yeah, that. They grab that
1: fluid and take it out.
2: So do they numb you for
1: that? No, man. Oh, cool. I mean, why uh, would they? So they tell me that's going to happen. so (sighs) luckily,
2: I mean, one time, I guess you can probably deal with it. Yeah. Is it, was this a multiple time
1: thing? Well, I'll say this to, to, to bring it to the end that didn't end up having to happen. Oh, good. In hindsight, I would have preferred simply that happened mm. because they're going to have to do that as part of, you know, Hey, we just need to get that fluid out. That's part of me going home. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you know, I, I I've talked to for years. I'm terrified of needles. Um,
2: a little bit better if you can't see it at least. Sure.
1: But the idea that this <laughs> thing has to go through my back into my lung.
2: Yeah. That's a long, like horrifying.
1: why, why can't they go through? I think th- it's rib cage related. Like, they'd have to kind of go like huh. around it type huh. of thing. Thread the needle kind of deal. Not interested. So, <laughs> they need to do that. But then they're also, hey, to send you home because you're having issues urinating, they're going to send me home with a catheter for two weeks. Mm.
0: Okay.
1: So, that was another, like, how do I explain to these people that I have a two-year-old, two dogs, yeah, who are not going to say, listen, when I say, no, no dogs, you can't jump on my lap because yeah. you might step on my urine bag.
2: Yeah. But everybody that is there, that is in a similar situation, sure. you know, everyone has an excuse why they don't want right. to. It's just
1: in my mind, like one, it's, it's not comfortable obviously. And two, I'm like, that's the last thing you want to go home with. Cause then you have to come back and they have to take it out, which is the same right. equal right. amount of discomfort when they pull again, a very long needle uh, out yeah, from, yeah. you know, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm terrified. This isn't the go home that I imagined. It's already Tuesday to Wednesday. So I've already been in there longer than, mm. you know, again, pipe dream of what I wanted to be. Yeah. So Wednesday uh, I'm trying to force myself to eat more because I'd have trouble eating. I order something uh from the, from the menu. They bring it up. And I remember it was like just a fried chicken tender. And I had a small can of diet Sierra mist. <laughs> Right. So just mm-hmm. like a, a clear soda. And I remember I'm sitting up, the TV's on, which I hadn't had the TV on because I didn't, you know, it's just, it's kind of it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Just, even, I didn't feel like doing anything. I'm up, the TV's on, I'm eating, my gown's kind of like open. There's still the bandage on my chest. Mm-hmm. And I take a drink of this Diet Sierra Mist and some of it, it like dribbles onto my chest and I oh, that feels weird. And I touch it. And when I go to touch it, my shoulders, I can't, I feel like I can't move my arms, hmm. which I thought was weird, but maybe they're just heavy, whatever. Yeah. But Cause you, I, I mean,
2: you've been laying in bed basically yeah, for the last five days. So it's probably,
1: I go yeah. to touch where the, the soda spilled and I kind of start moving and it feels like there's balls in my back, like pain, like big knots type yeah. of thing. And I thought, whew. And what happened next was very fast. My nurse, who I knew that day, and uh, I still, I I still want, I talked to her a couple times when I was in there, came running into the room and said, are you okay? And I said, I don't, I don't think so. Hmm. (laughs) And. Like, were you feeling, like, lightheaded? It didn't even feel that way. It just felt weird. Like, I couldn't move my arms at that point. And my back felt like it was just tense muscles or something. Something was weird. Something's happening. And that's the last thing I remember.
2: Was Was that inappropriate there? No, I sometimes I can't judge the pauses. So I don't know if it was, I'm you know something. I'm going to just say <whistles> No offense.
1: <laughs> oh, dang it. Can't be So if you want to be offended. <laughs> yeah, I can. You,
2: you got to get the, I gotta, you got to get it in there quick. I have to be offended. But you can't talk over the whistle. Right.
1: A lot, lot of, lot of so, I mean,
2: It's a it's a tight cap.
1: So the reason that's the last thing I remember um is I woke up, what sounds like was only seconds later, with that nurse reviving me Jesus. because she ran over to me as I, by her account, slumped over. Mm-hmm. And she says she didn't feel a pulse. Oof. So she started to do chest compressions on me. She didn't do many, but I was, that's what I woke up to.
2: So, you woke up to her doing chest compressions? With
1: a oh. four to five day uh, freshly cracked sternum. Can't imagine that.
2: Uh, it's the worst it's pain good, I've ever it's felt. It's good for the healing.
1: It's the worst pain I've ever felt. And no offense. I remember waking up feeling that chest compression going <gasps> because it hurt like so bad. Mm-hmm. And I wake up in a panic. Yeah. Because there's now eight to 10 people in there. Yeah. Well, what I had heard, I hadn't seen myself, is they have codes and alarms that go off on this floor in the heart right. center, yeah. that bing, bing, and all you would hear is footsteps. And everybody who's not with a patient at that time has to go to that code right, or go to that room to check on that patient. So my, my own surgeon happened to be there that day, the guy who did my heart surgery in the room, every nurse. And I wake up to her doing compressions, doctors talking, do this, do that, medication, yada. And I just you wake up in a panic, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's wrong? Am I dying?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Am I dying? I like, I keep asking that. And they don't answer. <laughs>
2: right, right.
1: Which is the scary part right at the start. So then I'm awake. And they're talking about, you know, they got the IV already hooked up. They're putting a different medicine in me to help slow my heart, whatever. And um, I just start telling like, hey, call my wife, call my wife, call my wife, you know. And I see a nurse grab the phone. And that's when I knew this is this is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if my nurse was calling Katie right at that point. Right. My timeline for what happened to me from when she got called. I don't know if they did. Yeah. It's not but like it, she got a to call. you. To you, it looked like it. Yeah. Yeah. Even still leaving the room to call somebody, it still had me um, terrified. You know, I wake up and I'm thinking about, one, I'm dying, but I'm I'm awake, so, like, I'm not going in my sleep. Right. So yeah. which is- I'm watching and feeling terrifying. this yeah. happen, so all my mind is going through is, oh, my God, Katie, oh, my God, Reed, which is what mm-hmm. my biggest fear was before even going in the hospital. So, they- um, they brought me down to the ICU again. Katie was able to come up. Total, you know, big group watching you constantly in your bed and in your room. Um, put me on some medication to help fix whatever was going on. I, I get down to the ICU and I, I asked a couple of nurses and Katie said, hey, can you please see if uh, her name is Shelby, if Shelby is working, because if she has a minute, I would just I would love to talk to her, Mm -hmm. you know, have her come down if she can. I'm a, I'm lucid now. I I shouldn't say lucid. I don't remember a lot of my time in the ICU, more meds, more things. I know my chest hurt really, really bad because of the compressions. Um, And finally the, the Shelby who, who, you know, she saved my life (laughs) was able to come down and I was able to talk to her and thank her Mm -hmm. for, you know, for saving me for God's sake. And I, no, for Shelby. that was, thank you, Shelby slide whistle up for you. <laughs> she had said that she had been monitoring. She was at like the nurse's station. So she, you know, they have the monitors for all of the pay, every patient there yep. up on a wall type of thing. And she had been seeing mine and my, my heart rate had kind of increased to, it was, it was high. It was over a hundred, Mhm. Shouldn't be that way. No. Uh I didn't feel it though, which is which is what it's felt weird to me. I want Yeah, but I mean you were probably cuz you were
2: obviously still in pain from the surgery. You're probably feeling a million other things. Yeah. And with medications and everything like drugs coursing through you. It's just so I guess I, I mean I guess I wouldn't be surprised that it wasn't yeah. something that you immediately felt. Yeah.
1: And they uh she she told me that I saw that and then I saw it spike. She said I saw it go uh, over 200 beats per minute. Oh, she said it. Wow, that's like what three times faster than it should be. Well, my like my resting heart rate is is about 60. Okay, yeah. So so three, to, so, three so we ended up getting to 250 beats per minute. 250, which is what they call it's it's heart arrhythmia. Oh, um, so they had to do some medication to kind of. They almost shocked me when I was awake. Oh, they almost God. used the defibrillator when I was awake. She said. To bring it back down, to to, to settle it down to yeah, a normal state.
2: I I always think of the, when it goes to zero, you always think of the paddles. Yeah, to bring it to bring get, it up from nothing. Yeah. But you, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't realize that it also brings it down. Yeah,
1: those paddles just try to reset the rhythm. Okay. So, uh, thank God they didn't. Thank God. Um, so uh, when, yeah, I
2: can't imagine. I can't imagine anything that would be more traumatizing than that.
1: Yeah, and. So being able to see her and just thank her for legitimately. And I'm sure she's, she sees so many patients, Steve, so many. And I'm sure so many people have issues and, and have to thank her for this, but like in my mind and I, nobody's going to be able to change my mind. on Even her, she saved my life.
2: She was there. She was the one that, you know, did what needed to yeah. be done.
1: Somebody else you know, would have been in the room, but I don't care. She came in. She saw what was going on. She, you know, started the compressions, which is what woke me back up. Well, she knew what to do. Uh, she saved my life. So I was able to thank her for that. I was in the ICU. Katie was there, which was nice, but again, I don't remember much of it. I just remember being out of it. Um, I do remember the next day she came back because I was still in the ICU on Thursday. And this is when I start to get a little more lucid in terms of days and dates. So this is Thursday. Katie's still there with me. I'm starting to feel okay. In my mind, what
2: six days in, right? Yeah, because your surgery was on a Friday. Yeah.
1: Now they don't know why that happened. Um, My surgeon came in the next day, saw Katie, and told Katie, "You know, normally I go home. You know, have dinner, wife, kids, all this. Play with my kids. Go to bed. Come back. Do it again." So last night I stayed up. I barely slept. I was reading journals, medical journals stuff to try to figure out why that happened. Okay.
2: So this is a, this is a rare thing.
1: Things heart arrhythmia happens. And arrhythmia and is like basically just happened.
2: anytime it is not, it's out of the ordinary rhythm. Yeah. Okay. Whether it's low,
1: high. Yep. You. Know, I can't, I don't know. I honestly don't know why that happened. They did all the tests afterwards. They did an ultrasound, whatever, eat another CT scan to see, you know, was something wrong with the valve was something not, yeah, Everything was great. Everything's great. We just can't explain it. So that Thursday, I'm a little more lucid. Which sucks, man. Yeah, because now you're you the me- an now answer. you're the medical mystery. I would rather have an illness that they can diagnose, mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit worse. But they know what it is, right? Well, because
2: that's, rather than have the unknown, that's the equivalent of uh, you know them saying. Ha. I have never seen this before in my life. Like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I want no. the common, I want the yeah. common thing.
1: Give me the, Oh, I had this last week.
2: Yeah. I've done four of these in the last two weeks.
1: Unbelievable. So that Thursday, Katie's still there. And at some point I said, Hey, I, you know, I have to, I have to pay Katie, you know, tells the people there. Says, Can I help them? And they said, yeah, yeah, sure. And they, they all have a good rapport with her. Cause it must've, I I'm sure it gets mentioned, but somewhere in the folder or file, they must have had in big, bold letters, wife is a nurse. So. <laughs> right. Here. Because they had. Oh, wait, had, no. You, no yeah, there. that's right. You wanted to they, fit, yeah. man, they were totally comfortable with her helping, with her yeah. being there, with her asking these Which questions. Which is great. Fantastic. Man, write that Be- in my file. Right, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's going cool. to like, why are they asking me these questions? <laughs> why do they keep calling me doctor?
1: don't <laughs> know, uh, on. <and> on. <laughs> so she helps me stand up and walk over to, to the toilet. And I stand up there and try to go to the bathroom. And I feel while I'm standing there, uh, tunnel vision. Mm. And I just, I remember yelling, I need to lay down. I need to lay down because I know I'm about to, mm-hmm. and then I hear beep, beep, beep. everything going off again. It's happening. Cause again. you're
2: still hooked up to monitors and everything. It's happening
1: again. So in my mind, no <laughs> offense. So in my mind, I'm about to go unconscious and have mm-hmm. to be revived again. So they helped me get over to the bed really quickly and lay down and I was able to kind of work through it, I guess mm-hmm. they didn't
2: like it stabilized on its own. They didn't have to, yeah,
1: they didn't have, obviously they didn't shock me. They didn't have to do any chest compressions or anything weird. I was still on this medic. They put me on a me- I was on an IV and I think they quick shoot some medication in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that because I was on a few different medications for this heart arrhythmia while I was in there and now I'm on one. At home okay so at this point they're baffled they don't know what to do so they bring in a cardiologist or an electrocardiologist i i don't know the terminology i apologize they decide hey we don't really know what's going on or why this has happened twice my surgeon seems to think his his explanation and i don't mean this to sound flippant because it's not anytime we kind of get in there and poke around your heart whether it's valve, thing, this, it can kind of act funny for, for a while. He goes, but the only thing that's concerning is that d- that'll happen a day or two after. Yeah. That won't happen six days after okay. your heart surgery. Usually. So
2: it's, it's almost like the heart is still kind of figuring itself yeah. out It's like ah, something, somebody was in here, something's going wrong. Yeah.
1: Very weird. And you know, they had said part of it was still inflamed. Uh, you know, but he said that happens because listen, we, cut a piece out, put a new one in and yeah. showed you back up. Yeah, type it's got of a heel. So the Thursday comes and that happens. And they said, okay, we're going to keep you on, you know, this medicine and bring you back up to a room, which means bye-bye to, to my wife again. Mm-hmm. And then I start having meetings with cardiologists and an, or an electrocardiologist, whatever it was. The thinking is that now, because we don't really know why that happened, but the, they, they told I forget if they told me or if they told Katie. They said it's a good thing that we ha- happened here because, instead of you know planning him going home, you you'd be planning his funeral. Hmm. <whistles> no offense. Which is a scary thing to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. So he, they say they decide we're going to install an internal defibrillator. Not a pacemaker, a defibrillator that is hooked to your heart. That if that arrhythmia happens, that certain kind Mm -hmm. happens, it'll shock you back to Hmm. presumably a normal heart rate.
2: Okay. I I always thought that was a pacemaker.
1: I don't know. I think that just gives, I don't know if a pacemaker gives you just kind of a buzz to get it back normal or what. So this thing. They they tell me this on Thursday or Friday. And in my mind, I'm already like, what are we doing tonight?
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, Get me in there now.
1: Call call the on-call, whatever, <laughs> surgeon. <Let's laughs> right. sit, give, me, give me a student. I don't care. <laughs> Ship me on down. Because this thing, this surgery sounds, it's much less invasive. They're not yeah. going through my chest. Okay. They're going into my side. They're not touching my heart directly. Okay. So in my mind, hey, I'm terrified of surgery, but in compare comparatively yeah there's nothing let's do it walk in the park you know what i'll even pass the anesthesia if it means i can go home sooner. whatever (laughs) so this is yeah give me a pencil to chew on so i'm on some medication to correct this arrhythmia they need to wean me off of that oh of course yeah yeah so they tell me we'll get you in monday so thursday again right yep So I'm flying past. Oh, at
2: least you could watch some football on Sunday,
1: football on Saturday. Here's what I want to say about my state when I was in the hospital. And I know I probably texted you a few times. I texted family, friends, video chatted with my wife and and my parents and everything. I, I don't consider myself a person with depression. I never have. Mm -hmm. There's no question though, that when I was in the hospital, After these episodes that I had in the ICU that I was battling, whether you want to call it a bout of depression, Mm -hmm. bouts of mini whatever, I was in a really, really, really bad state.
2: (laughs) No offense. To the point
1: where I was video chatting, but it wasn't good for anybody I was video chatting with because I was just breaking down crying every time. Well,
2: I... God. I mean... I think anybody in in this situation is going to like I, obviously there's nothing to be ashamed about or, sure. or, or anything like that. But I mean, that's a I think that that's a perfectly normal thing to feel. Right. You, know, you just keep like they, they just keep moving the goalposts on you. It's yeah. like, Oh, well, you out of here not, Tuesday. You'll be out of here Wednesday. Yeah. But and again, it's not it's not, not, their fault, right? not their fault, not their
1: fault at all. It's a it's, it's a know, terrible bribe. It's a. What happened is a terrible thing. If they had sent me home Wednesday before four o'clock, there's a good chance I'm dead. Yeah. So while it's, while it's a good thing that it happened at the hospital, it's still a really tough time being there Mm -hmm. alone, fully alone. Yeah. And now knowing you got about four days, all Thursday, all Friday, all Saturday, all Sunday, you know, Monday surgery, Maybe out Tuesday. Tuesday's the goal. Yeah. But it's that idea of, I just got four days by myself now. Yeah. And that's not like some vacation. It's terrible. No, Everything hurts. My back is terrible from sleeping in this hospital bed. So these video chats just end up with me crying and, you know, Pete, you know, my wife and my parents ask, you know, well, what's wrong. And it's the same thing every time I just want to go home. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I just want yeah. to go home. It's so hard being away, your parents, nephews, but your wife and your son. It was the hardest thing I've ever dealt with. And those last four days are among the hardest days I've ever lived. Sitting there, starting to being, I'm not on many pain meds because it doesn't hurt that bad. I've been Mm. in there long enough that I'm I'm on Tylenol type level. Yeah, you're healing,
2: your body's healing.
1: So I'm just sitting there, Steve. I'm waiting for a physical therapy or occupational therapy, maybe once a day. Um, I stared. Honest to God, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't turn the television on. I backed I packed two books. Didn't open them in my backpack. I didn't even open my backpack with stuff I brought. You know, my my um, my mom made me like a little flip book of photos of, of of Reed to look at. Nothing. Mm. I just sat there. It was total unlike I'd ever felt in my life. Except the presidential magazine. I
2: mean, how else are you
1: going to learn all those facts about Ulysses S. Grant? Oh, God, what a drunk he was, right? I mean, talk about the issue of a war hero being elevated to the level of president based on his wartime merits. You know, it happened with Eisenhower. But as you heard of my top ten presidents, I included Eisenhower on my— No offense. No offense. So by Sunday, I decided to turn on the TV. Mm -hmm. But that's also a little bit of tomorrow's a day, guys. Tomorrow's a day. exactly. up and them, nurses and docs. Let's
2: go. Yeah, going on vacation tomorrow. You know, you get that little bit of energy the And Sunday,
1: I lost, and I'll I'll be the first to admit it, I lost any type of patience I had with the hospital, the nurses, the doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, I
2: honestly thought you were going to say I lost a lot of money gambling. (laughs) Because I can completely <laughs> imagine you being the guy who who is just gambling nonstop on, you know, DraftKings or whatever, yeah. like out of surgery, your eyes open, give me my phone.
1: W- okay. Wimble did- happening. <laughs> I need sit sippus with over ten aces.
2: Did the did the Cardinals cover the spread?
1: So Sunday comes and I'm I'm ready for the surgery the next day. I'm I'm asking the nurse. And I'm not going to name her name. I don't even remember her name. Uh, the worst nurse I had mm. was on Sunday. And I don't mean that in terms of just care. I mean that in terms of any type of understanding. She's asking me if I want if Okay. And how do you want this medication? And I said, I haven't had that medication in five days. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, oh, okay. So you don't want it. And it was one that is supposed to help you. You urinate. Yeah. Went, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all set. Uh, all good. And. Like why she's going like, over the warning like signs for yeah, a
2: stroke. I feel like they've left a lot of this on you.
1: Yeah. Oh no, there's no question to the, to this last day before my surgery, not last day, but last day before surgery, I'm asking for my meds at a certain time. Cause I know they need to be on a schedule. I'm taking this medicine that they're weaning me off of. So they're giving me the meds at nine and nine. And then every two, two hours after that, they're doing an EKG to see how I'm reacting. Okay. So I know I need these at certain times. If you want the AK, the EKG to happen, so I'm the one calling and they're busy. Granted, I get it. They're not coming. It's taking 30 to 45 minutes to get a Tylenol type of stuff. Yeah. It's just it's the type of thing you read about where you're like, mm, I don't really like that. She just she was very nice. She wasn't the best nurse I had when mm-hmm. I was in there. So the first thing out of my mouth when she comes in at six seven a.m is i've been reading this manual or the 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 hospital book that they have in all the rooms i'm having a surgery tomorrow now i know i'm already in here but the visitor rule is that i can have a visitor when i'm having an operation or in the icu can you find out if i can have someone because i'm already admitted can i mm-hmm. have someone here tomorrow oh yeah yeah let me look let me look man hours go by hours go by i'm um, Finally, I take the the hospital book and I call the main number Mm -hmm. and I explain my question, explain all this. They transfer me a couple of times until finally I get transferred and I hear the phone ringing (laughs) at the (laughs) nurse's station outside my room.
2: Now, okay, did you do a funny voice like,
1: hello? I hung up (laughs) because they're not going to know the answer. That's not who I'm looking for. I need like a hospital administrator, someone to make this determination. So now that I'm like, All right, I just start buzzing my nurse because, Hey, is there any update on that? Hey, is there any update on that? nothing Nope, nope, nope. They're still asking. They're still asking. Still trying to figure it out. It has to go to, they finally said it has to go to hospital management.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's I like, I thought
2: you were going to say it has to go to corporate, which I mean, essentially that's right. That's what Man, it is. It's
1: like five o'clock on Sunday night. I don't even know when my surgery is the next day. Nobody's told me mm-hmm. just said tomorrow morning ish. I don't know if my wife can be there. And so at this point I'm pleading. I have a son. If my wife needs to be here, we need to figure out who can watch him in mm-hmm. the morning, what time, where she needs to go. All of this information. I need to know. She finally comes in. It's her last visit there. Cause I know the shift changes are at seven o'clock or so. I know it's her last one. She's in there right at uh, about seven. And she comes in, she goes, well, I have some good news. It we went to hospital management and they determined that you can have a visitor and yes, your wife can come tomorrow. And man, I lost it. I, I, I was crying so hard, she came over and had to give me a hug. <whistles> and just so thankful. And mm-hmm. At that point, I just want her out of the room yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. can call my wife, so I can tell her. Um, but then you know, I, still have, I still have questions. I say, when is it? yeah, I don't really know. So I have to, we'll figure it out in the morning. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Right. But, uh, some hiccups the next morning in terms of figuring out where she needs to go, but it all worked. She Mm. was able to come up to my room beforehand, which was so good for me to be able to see somebody before I went in for this next surgery. Just the relief of having somebody there, that you know and love and and can be there when you wake up and when you go in. Right. Was so immense, the relief. Well, I can't describe it. So it's Monday morning. They bring me down. I'm like, let's get this show on the road, man. Let's go. Go for the record. Somebody mentioned, kind of similar to when before I went in for my main surgery. Hey, uh, you know, three to five days. But I heard for this one, maybe, maybe today. So I'm like, all right. I'm going home today. Yeah. That's I'll be it. home for dinner. Send me, honey, get the, get the menu out. We're picking food. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm home tonight. Yeah. And I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about it. I said, bring me in. Let's do this. Come on. Let's go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And they shipped me off. Everything went fine. They, um, they cut me up on my left side. So I have a big, big lump is what mm-hmm. it looks like with a defibrillator. They connect, they, they installed it on my side in the muscle and in in, so it's not like moving around. Yeah. And then I have another little cut kind of below my heart where they um, they connect the lead to, okay. that hooks to your heart, yeah. that detects, hey, the rhythm. The electrical impulses yep. or whatever. So if it goes wrong, that's you know the signal giving it that it'll zap me and, and, and put my heart back to normal. So I woke up, and man, I woke up in more intense pain than I did after my open heart really? surgery. Really? Oh, boy did that side hurt. Really? It hurts. Oh, yeah, I
2: guess that it that's kind of a sensitive spot and if they, they put it right in the muscle There then...
1: was no real indication that this was gonna hurt that bad when I woke up because you know they, they medicate you. They, mm-hmm. they they alleviate that with so much medicine. Oh my god, Steve, it hurts so bad. I woke up and within three minutes I thought, I'm not going home today. <laughs> There's no way. Which was a bummer. But they said the surgery went well. Said goodbye to Katie and Went back up to my room and was uh, was able to get through that day with no real issue. Finally, I was like, I, you know, I know I'd, I'd wean myself off all the, the bigger pain meds, the muscle relaxers and mm-hmm. stuff. I said, I need something. I said, give me a double dose of <laughs> muscle relaxer yeah. and the upgraded pain meds so I can sleep tonight because this, I am in such pain right, right. now with this side. They did. I slept for a little bit, not long. 7 a.m. rolled around. Man, I'm. I'm, Where's the nurse? Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. Where's the doc? Where's the nurse? Surgeon. I don't care. Let's get him in here. Start giving me the lowdown on discharge because I know only certain levels of people can discharge you. Mm -hmm. She's in at nine. I'm like, what do I got to do? I'll, you know, I'll do a quick jog down the hallway (laughs) to show you I can walk. (laughs) Right. Whatever. And she discharges me, and I'm texting Katie to get there, and I'm so excited and. Um, They say, all right, well, go grab your, uh, you know, go change out of your, your hospital scrubs. And as I'm changing and waiting, because you, you can't walk out. Mm-hmm.
0: I know yeah, it's a big to, thing. Hey,
1: out. I want to walk out of here. Because I told them I didn't need one because I was walking the length of the building anyway. I didn't physically I didn't need it. Right. But liability liability, yeah. you have to. So anytime you see a TV show or whatever, where they stand up triumphantly from a wheelchair or whatever to walk out, it's a lie. Yeah, they don't allow it. And. I was lucky enough while I was dressed and waiting. and I'm just sitting there on the edge of the bed, tapping my feet, ready, waiting for this wheelchair. Cause like, well, it's going to be, it might be like an hour, hour and a half. I said, no, 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 <laughs> really? no. I'll walk myself. I am not waiting another 90 minutes for a, an underpaid transport guy <laughs> right. to get up here to yeah. get me out of here. Wheelchairs. We only got one of them. Yeah. yeah. It's, we're, got, it's got a flat too. So we really underpurchased
2: on those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, it's at discount tire getting a new set of treads <laughs> yeah. put on it.
1: Yeah, we, we got to get the winter chains on it. <laughs> so, but while I'm sitting there waiting, and this was uh, so nice to be able to have happen. Um, Shelby, the the nurse who, was, who revived me mm-hmm. and who saw me a couple of times, she was never my daily nurse after that day, which you never know. There's a lot of nurses, and it's all in a rotation about mm-hmm. what side of the floor they're on. It's a big floor. Yeah. She came in to talk to me, which was just so nice to be able to see her again and be able to, again, thank her in person mm-hmm. for for saving me um, and for also appearing to be, I don't know, 95 pounds so she didn't re-break my sternum <laughs> yes. when she was doing compression. So um, that was, you know, it's COVID. I can't really go up to her and give her a hug. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, express my thanks beyond belief to her. So, uh, that was very nice. They wheeled me down and I was able to go home after a very, very long, Steve, 12 days Bleh. in the hospital, uh, the overwhelming majority of it with, uh, with nobody there, nobody able yeah. to visit, which was again, as I mentioned, the hardest part, I think with any type of visitor or family or being able to see you, on a daily basis helps the recovery and it helps you, um, want to go home. I yeah. Think well, mentally, more.
2: mentally it's a, you know, there's a reason why they put people in isolation yeah. to torture them. You yeah. Know?
1: Right. Like it's, it's, that's I brutal. Didn't, I, I didn't know what to expect, obviously with how hard it was going to be. And the finding out the day before that I'm not going to be able to have any visitors made it harder because you're, you're going into this expectation. Yeah. It's only one person the whole time, which is a bummer, mm-hmm. but at least you get to see that you, you get somebody. Yeah.
2: yeah, you get yeah, you get one.
1: Yeah, so to have even that ripped from me was uh, a little bit difficult to encounter. But twelve long days, I now uh, take a heart arrhythmia pill and twice a day, I take a cholesterol cholesterol pill once mm-hmm. a day, once a week. I have a little machine that is hooked up Bluetooth to my defibrillator that I pushed the little button on and it sends the record oh, of Oh, you're uploading? I'm uploading on a weekly oh, basis man. so they can monitor, see if there's anything weird.
2: That's how they get you, man. They get, you got 5G in that thing?
1: I had the chip before all <laughs> you guys did with the vaccine. So uh, that's my day-to-day. Um, it took me a little while. Probably I, I didn't eat good at, or anything yeah. for about two weeks. I lost, uh, I think it was... 28 pounds damn when i was in there bonus yeah a little diet and some pretty bad pain there for a while difficulty mm-hmm. sleeping uh for for a few weeks at least uh, but i was able to be home for thanksgiving i was able to be home for yeah. the holidays which is was one of my main goals when going so in.
2: so really the trade-off your everyday life is basically no different Cause you got to put, you got to take a couple pills, but that's mm-hmm. boom down the hatch. Yeah,
1: there's some discomfort. Like if I lay on the side of my defibrillator, really? it's not that deep. It hurts. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it, it's does a little it, box.
2: Does it, it hurt because it's there or does it hurt because it's like still tender or whatever? It, it's, it's just there. So
1: okay. all my wounds are healed up. Um, so that, that, that I've, I've had, you know, four or five follow-ups, a couple with my surgeon, a couple with the person who installed the defibrillator. Um, there's a chance I'll have to go undergo another operation this fall okay because they think I can they don't think I need to be on this medication mm-hmm. and I am incredibly fearful of not being on that medication because in my mind that's the only thing right now keeping right that from happening again if that's unlikely I don't know they don't know so it's a non-toxic pill anyway so it's one of those that you know you hear about a lot of meds eh? if you take this for 10-15 years it starts to ruin your yeah. liver or whatever yeah. This has none of those effects. Okay. So right now I take that twice a day, but in November or in the fall, they said they're they may want to bring me in after weaning me off of this medication, put me out. And it's not a scientific description or medical description. They want to go in there and prod my heart a little bit with electrical waves to see if they can make it do that. Arrhythmia on -hmm. its own. Hmm. So if they can kind of jostle it to where that happens while they're shooting electrical currents while I'm unconscious, then they would keep me on the medication. But at that point, if nothing happened while they were in there, they would say, you don't need to take those pills anymore.
2: I'm surprised that they can't tell from the data that you're sending to them on a weekly basis. Put them on
1: the pills. So oh, they yeah, need to okay. know th- yeah. the idea is that, Hey, we can either wean you off and you can just say, try it without the medication or the option I just described in a controlled environment yeah. to where they go in there and see, right. Is there so something going to read? So if something does happen there. Yeah. They, they, they would be right able to there. fix it instantly yeah. and say, okay, Oof. we still don't know. So that's on the table for this fall. I'm choosing not to think about it because I'm, yeah. I, I can't think about going under for another surgery right now. And Um, but Hey, I feel pretty good. Um, I went for a few jogs this week. Yeah. Horrible. (laughs) It went horrible.
2: Yeah. It's uh, it's tough to, to start that up.
1: I mean, it feels like starting from the first day I could walk. Mm -hmm. There's just no stamina. There's no capacity to run for any amount of period that doesn't make me feel immensely winded. Yeah. If I stick with it long haul wise, you know, my heart is functioning better than what it was before. Yeah. There's no reason I shouldn't be able to do it at a better. Yeah. I
2: wonder if take out the whole surgery Mm -hmm. and all the medical issues in general, if you had just gone for a jog the other day, I would bet chances are since you haven't run in ever. (laughs) I mean, you'd probably feel exactly the same.
1: Yeah. Maybe I would bet
2: because even, even somebody like me who I've, I've run a ton, but if I take six months off that first one back, it's, it's like, it's the first time I've ever done it.
1: And I mean, this is six months off or however long off from, I mean, it took me a while just to be able to, my daily exercise, Steve, when I got home was walking to the mailbox and back. Mm -hmm. And that was, yeah, that was taking an out of me. Um, you know, I took a shower, I'd have to sit down and I'd get out of the shower and I would get dressed and I would, take it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just exhausted after that. Mm-hmm. And it went, it's that it's to that degree that your body is so starting over after something like this, that, yeah. um, just to be able to, like I said, to walk to the end of my road and back Took quite a bit of time after I got mm-hmm. home, uh, before I was super winded. Right. So, yeah. Um, much better state than I was. Still uh, lingering, and I, I don't like. I, I don't know if the term is PTSD, Steve. Um, it sure sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, I feel it feels it's, weird um... for me to say that though, because I don't want to take that term. No, no, no. no. no from that's... from a group that that has you know traumatic. Memories from war or whatever, but yeah. that's how I can compare it to, you know, when I got home and, and I didn't even realize this until somewhat recently, my wife's watched Grey's Anatomy for eternity mm-hmm. and she had it on after I was home. Cause you know, I wasn't working for a while. I was home and I had to get up and leave the room. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, what are you doing in the bedroom? I said, I'm just going to read. I said, I can't really look at that show with the hospital right now. I said, it's, it's giving me bad memories mm-hmm. and there was a commercial that aired in Michigan that I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it aired nationally, but I know it was in Michigan where it was set to the song, uh, Auld Lang Syne," sign, mm-hmm. but it was that music playing with lights flashing outside of the hospital room and doctors and nurses sprinting into that room. Yeah. And then they showed like a doctor or whoever doing compressions on the person. Oof. And it was an anti, not an anti, but it was like a, hey, wear your mask, do this type of thing for COVID because yeah. this is what could happen. But I saw that for the the first time and lost it, like just emotionally broke down, couldn't just all came flooding back what had happened that Wednesday. Oh, my God. And I saw it on a few times after that. And it's just me scrambling for the television remote, turning the channel and not being able to, you know, turn it fast enough and just not wanting to see even a second of that commercial. And then, uh, after a few days home, I decided to look at, they take notes and they give you those notes every day you're in the hospital. Yeah. And I got to that, you know, flipping through, it's all kind of nothing major. It's all just talking about oxygen levels and whatever. Yeah. Vital signs. And And it gets to that, Wednesday, and I start reading the note of uh, you know code blue, this and that, and I start to cry and have to throw my phone away, away from me, so I don't read it anymore. And it's okay; I'm not ready to read those. No, no, I mean, details yet. So, um, you know, it's been six months. Six months this week. It was six months on uh, May thirteenth. Hey, so. happy
2: anniversary! You, you made it six months. <laughs> hey,
1: that is what people say. <laughs> uh To be able to go home was among the highlights. the, the One of the greatest days ever. Yeah, I after bet. that long and being able to, you know, have my son come home and he still he doesn't know he doesn't even he knows I was gone. But yeah, he just knows you were. But you're, he just doesn't know time. He's sitting here right. playing with grandma and grandpa and yeah, he's like whatever whatever. <laughs> so it's like I'm holding him and I never want to let go as mm-hmm. I'm crying. And he's like, "Hey, Dad, let uh, me go, man. Yeah. Were you going to give me a snack or what's Paw Patrol's the deal, on, man? Yeah, <laughs>
2: what are we doing?
1: Um, just just I, I, I'm glad it happened now. Obviously, it's better to have it happen now than when you're." One older because it's harder to uh, recover, and two, you don't want it to happen. Dude, you don't want it to happen in an emergency situation. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah, this this last six months, this whole experience that you went through seems like it was it's w- one of the worst. But yeah. it's a lot better than a year from now, and you and Reed are out in the front yard kicking a soccer ball right. around, and you you know keel over. Oof. It's uh yeah, it's and so they've... it it sucks. It sucks that it had to happen. But this is, I think, you got the best possible outcome. Of right. a terrible scenario, yeah, and that's as good that's as much as you can hope for,
1: yeah, and you know a lot of people showed up in terms of you know showing support. I mentioned you and Annette, friends, family, uh, Katie's coworkers looking out for her you know mm-hmm. gift cards to restaurants and stuff yeah. and food bringing over and keeping her occupied while I'm in there because, right. it's lo- like I mentioned it's lonely for her too mm-hmm. it's a totally different situation, so uh, yeah, very long twelve days, a very uh traumatic 12 days. Yeah. But with, uh, it
2: sounds like very justified. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. But you know, I, I came out on the other side and I'm better for it. So um, thank you to everybody who listened to this, who who sent their well wishes and sent cards and everything. Just far too kind. Um, just a, a fantastic outpouring. Steve, when I was in there, I know in the hospital, I know in uh, even afterwards people mm-hmm. saying, uh, sending their well wishes. So very nice.
2: Yeah. Boy, look at us! We're back into the back into the the, the Humphrey described glory days of this Way podcast. Way one forty.
1: You want uh, you want to you want to get out of here on one of your uh, jokes? Yeah, I mean, I had the website pulled up. Jesus, I was waiting. I was waiting
2: for my in. I mean, look, yeah, your story, hmm, sure, but people really tuned in for the joke of the day.
1: And we can't leave them with no joke. Of this. But, so just just rat a tat tat well, Look, no, planning. I
2: I need to just drop them into natural conversation. I don't want it. Gotcha. I don't want. <laughs> I'm not the guy that says, "Hey, gonna tell a joke now." So maybe right. finish up. Uh, finish up a little tidbit.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it was nice to be able to see. Can you there. make this
2: yeah. uh, somehow? Somehow, give me a scenario
1: in a bar. Uh, you know i'm i'm in the hospital steve and i'm thinking the whole time i usually go out the night before thanksgiving family and friends it's one of my favorite nights of the year have some drinks and it's all everybody together it's not like a couple friends know so you know it's part of the thing you know you're looking forward to something and that's that's really key so i really wanted to be able to get out to the bar before the night before thanksgiving man i tell you you about the time that I was at the bar and a
2: ham sandwich walked in and ordered a beer. No, I don't think he did. Bartender said, "Sorry, we don't serve food here." Ah, yeah. You know it's it's funny, Steve. I was. Uh, can you incorporate? I went a, in there. Incorporate a Clydesdale. <laughs> if I'm...
1: um, I mean. No. <laughs> I have, maybe t- I do maybe know talk another... about maybe talk about Budweiser. I know, I know another option though. I got You know. You know oh, oh, wait like, a I, I
2: could I could set this up for you if you want. Yeah. You know. Hey, you were talking about that uh that commercial that you watched with the old yeah. Lang sign. Yeah. It really got to you.
1: Yeah, that did. Ever
2: remember that uh, Budweiser commercial uh, oh. with you're the Clydesdales?
1: About, yeah, you're talking about the one with the Clydesdales, and I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the one you know that they did. They only aired the one yeah, year, you know. one time. You know, oh, one boy, time. Those, those Budweiser Clydesdales.
2: Hey, speaking of Clydesdales, why did the why did the Clydesdale give the pony a glass of water?
0: Why would he do that?
2: <laughs> because he was a little horse.
1: I think I know one of your setups. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's, you the time his... frame. No, I, I got you. I, I already know one. I already know one. So just have your list up. You know, the time frame for the surgery, man, it was... It's my favorite time of year, Steve. Mm. So, to be going into the hospital and having this feeling of dread, you know, but then looking out the car window, and, you know, you're looking out, you see the cornfield, you got mm. the Halloween decorations, you got some Thanksgiving stuff, you got scarecrows up oh, in yeah, the scarecrows. field, and it's this weird dichotomy of feelings because you're so totally terrified, but again, it's my favorite type of year, favorite time of year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did I ever uh, ask you? <laughs> Or did you hear about the,
2: the scarecrow that won a big award? Steve, no, I didn't. He won it because he was outstanding in his field.
1: Well, there you have it. We, uh... Got some jokes of the day for you in there. I didn't want to leave you hanging. <laughs> I you appreciate it. You, you had the, the whole routine, the whole yeah. stand-up routine set up. I glad mean, you were able to get them out.
2: I mean, there are things that people tune into this podcast for.
1: There's no question. And this, today was lacking in a lot of those. So, so I'm glad you tried to button that up at the end of the show. Oh,
2: boy. Uh, we got a couple polls up on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. At Stephen Kyle. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Stephen Kyle. Just posted that picture, the beautiful pen and letter oh, opener right. set that we had. Will Egan, our friend Will Egan, thank you very much for that again. Thank you very much, Will.
1: Feel good to get the story out there? It did. You yeah. know, I'll look back on it and re- you know not even like the way I told it because no. I don't.
2: Just don't uh, listen to it, like I always do I with this you podcast. Think I'm listening
1: to this ever again?
2: Unsubscribe. Can you believe that we used to do this for this amount of time every week? Plus, plus forty five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah. We are stupid. What did we talk about? Ugh. I can think of softball and captain bowling. I can't think of one other thing to talk to you about right now.
2: No, not a single one. Maybe Christmas lights. Maybe a garage door install. At those are I like remember we we talked about if we did the word cloud yeah are the
1: common topics on this
2: That's show. Right.
1: Boy I I don't know if I could ever do a three hour one. Do you think but, uh, but again stay tuned for the uh, cure for the cure coming July 10 six hour live stream. Yeah. where we raise money for a charity we haven't decided with <laughs> guests we haven't contacted. And other bits we haven't thought of. Maybe we got to
2: start going back to the bowling alley on Thursday nights. Their pizza it's was a- outstanding. Maybe we just go there, not bowl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Steve and Kyle. We will talk to you next week. See you.